with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Yes, it is full time on KCLR with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday evening. I have to say I am in good form myself. I had a great weekend and I did promise uh, some girls in North Wexford uh, yesterday that I would give them a shout out on the radio. So before I start the show, I just do want to say a huge congratulations uh, to my girls down in Monaghy or Boulevard uh, Camogie Club down in Wexford uh, within the under 14 county final yesterday. So I just wanted to give give that shout out there uh, to the girls that I coached down in Wexford but great show coming up lots squeezed in uh, to the next hour I'm going to be talking to Shirley Trimble later on uh, about Roger Federer's retirement uh, lots to chat about there 24 year career in professional tennis so uh, lots to get through there looking forward to that chat also going to be talking to good friend of the show Willie Quinlan going to be talking about the Carlos Senior Football Championship and we had those quarter finals there over the weekend so plenty to chat with Willie about uh, later on and I'll also be catching up with Gary Kyo from the Marble City Boxing Club as well there was six members of the Marble City Boxing Club travelled over to England at the weekend to take part in a competition over there uh, but first having secured the Galway plate just last month racehorse Ewick uh, heads to Listowel this Wednesday for the Guinness Kerry National and I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by uh, the trainer none other than John Shark Hanlon how are you getting on, Shark? Good, no, not a bother. Good, no, good. Here now. You're up there already, are you? No, we're up there on the way home. I had a couple of runners today and we're going home tonight and back up again Wednesday morning. All right, okay. So you've been just kind of getting everything in place and, and getting those preparations underway uh, over the last couple of days, have you, Shark? Yeah, we, we worked the horse in Dunning and Gallup uh, yesterday and... Um, He'd done a lovely bit of work, so he seems to be in great form. And sure, if you look on our side, you never know what had happened. Yeah, look, it's that that's the thing. Like I, I don't know whether it's been down to luck though, uh, Shark or, or or hard work that's put into this racehorse, but it seems to just be a very, very special uh, horse. I know only bought famously only bought for eight hundred and fifty euro, but it's it's safe to say it owes you nothing at this point. Yeah, no, listen, he's has been a great horse for my yard and for the team at home. He He's a horse that costs very little money and he's after winning. Like, he he won the Durham National in, in England, then he went back and he won the bet 365, and then he went on to Galway and won the Galway Plate. Like, anyone in, in their lifetime to win a, a bet 365 and a Galway Plate to do him, but we're aiming higher, we're aiming, aiming to go to Kerry with him and um, please God, uh, safe around the jumping and come home safe. I think he won't be far away. And Shark, when you when you bought a uh, Hewitt, like what was what expectations did you have for the horse at that time? Listen, every time you buy a horse, you're hoping that he'll go win a race or two, and uh, someday that you'd end up with a good one. And I suppose in this case, this is the one that we ended up with. That was a good one. Do you know, yeah. When you buy a horse, you don't know. You, you you go by your own judgment, and um, lucky enough this time the judgment was right. We do we do be off and wrong as well, but um, 
listen, he was bought in Gorse Bridge in the, in the sales in Gorse Bridge, and a lot of people had said to you, "Why are you going to Gorse Bridge to buy a horse? You can buy a good horse anywhere. You can you, you could be you can buy a good horse anywhere at any time, and a little bit of luck on your side uh, makes a big big difference." <clears throat> And Shark, just like, you know, you, you said there that uh, people were saying to you, oh, why are you going down there to buy a racehorse? But you seem to be, I know from speaking to you before, you seem to be someone that just very much trusts their own instincts because I remember talking to you before and, you know, we were kind of talking about your background in, in cattle dealing and people saying to you when you were getting into horses, oh, what, what are you doing getting into getting into to, to horses now and you just said, no, I'm, I'm going to go for this. So would that be right to say, Shark? You're just someone that just kind yeah, of no. knows your own mind and you trust your own instincts. Yeah, well, you have to at this game. Like, lucky enough now this year, we're after having a grade one winner with a with a filly that cost funny uh, 600 quid. And then we have this lad to come on and, and to win three big races. And like, yeah, you have to you have to go by your own instance. If you don't, you, you shouldn't be at horses, you know. And like, you're going to have good days. You're going to have plenty of bad days, but you're going to have good days. And when the good days come, you have to enjoy yourself. Like, and after this this all we have planned, we're going to America with the horse. Um, we're going over to the big Grand National over there, there National, which is I think is worth over a quarter of a million. And um, after Listol, he he we haven't long. He, that race is on in the 15th of October. So after after um, he has to go for work, on the way over, he has to go in for um, quarantine for three days. So we'll go to Listol. He get a little couple of days off. Then he's he's travelling to America. And, and Shark, just tell me a little bit about the horse, about Hewitt, because um, I, I was reading there recently, you described him as a freak, but in the nicest way possible, you, descri- you described the horses as a bit of a freak. What, what did you mean by that exactly? Well, listen, he, he's not the best bred horse in the world. You know, he, he's a, he has an ordinary page. He's by an ordinary stand. And, um, like, they all want walk in the parks and they all want the big saddles that cost a fortune of money. This horse, he's standing fee probably at the time, I mean, three or four hundred pound. And um, I'm just lucky to have the horse, to buy the horse that day. He could have been gone on for show, jumping around. Uh, you know, when they, when they go to Gorse Bridge, they can go for Anton, they can go for Anton, so they could. And I was just lucky enough to be there on the day and buy him. And he got his chance. And um, that's the reason I call him a freak. Like he he could be show jumping today uh, as easy as uh, running in a race. And he's a small fella as well, is he? Like he wouldn't be yeah, as big as most of the other horses that he'd be racing against. He's only a handy horse, so he is, but he has a big heart. And when you buy a race horse, you want a horse with a big heart because if you haven't, you're going nowhere. And he has the biggest heart going, so he has. Yeah. But has that been great? Great team for all the lads at home in the yard. Um, like, it's a buzz every time this horse goes to do a bit of work or goes run. And this year, he's really after doing us proud. And, like, it's just... It, in the smaller end of the thing, like, it's not. it's gone very hard. The expenses have gone very high. And um, it's not getting easier. But um, thanks be to God, he came along my way this year and he he kept the wheel turning for another while anyway. 
And Shark, like, you know, you mentioned all those races there that you've you've had huge success in. Um, I'm just curious to know, like, what do you put that success down to? I know that I've, I've read a lot recently, um, you know, articles that you've been featured in and you're always very gracious and you speak very well and with a lot of admiration and respect about other trainers. And I know that you got into training later in life, like we, we I had you on the show there a couple of months back. And I, I'm just wondering, like, it, is the success that you've had now, is that a lot of that down to just kind of soaking up information and wisdom uh, from from other trainers that have been in the trade a long, long time? Well, uh, Paddy Mullins only was down the road from us at home and Paddy was a great trainer. Willie's father, he was a great trainer. And um, I suppose I would have learned down the years a lot through him and I was only feeding the horses and that with him and even. He was a great man. He was... He was the best man that I know on anyway. Um, he was a great judge of a horse, and he had he had his own out sayings about horses. But I had a, there were there were good sayings and they worked. And it, it, I was always told that if you listen and still talk, you learn something, and that's the way it is. Very good. Uh, no, I think that's uh, that's uh, advice that a lot of us uh, should live by. We don't often, but I think um, there's there's a lot to be said for more listening and, and, and less talking. But um, listen, Shark, always a pleasure to talk to you and all the best now in Listol on Wednesday. And sure, hopefully we'll we'll have you on again soon um, to, to chat it's some God, more. It's be, be a dream. It's be a dream like to go to Listol. And when I won the Kerry National, I think it was 60, 15 or 16 years ago, and um, to go back and win another Kerry National, like that's where we always went on holidays when we were younger, down to Kerry, down to Listone. And it's be a dream to go down there and win again. And and um, if he wins down there, there'll be a party somewhere around at home and everyone's welcome. Ah, good stuff. Listen, thanks a million for that, Shark. I'll, uh, I'll chat to you again very soon. All the best. Please, God. Thank you very much. Thanks for ringing. Bye, Thanks, bye, bye. Shark. Uh, that was uh, Shark Hanlon there, of course, uh, racehorse trainer, and his horse is going to be taking part um, down in, in the race down in Listol uh, on Wednesday. Uh, so all the best in that. Up next now, we're going to be talking all things tennis. So do stay tuned for that. We're going to take a really quick break now, um, and then I'll be talking to Shirley Trimble. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, last Thursday, the much-loved tennis star Roger Federer called time on his spectacular career that spanned 24 years. And joining me now on the line to have a look back on his time on the court is Shirley Trimble, Kilkenny County and City Lawn Tennis Club PRO. Shirley, great to chat to you. How are you getting on? Very good, Sinead. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. Yeah, lovely to talk to you as well. Um, as I mentioned uh, just there in the intro, uh, Shirley, Roger Federer, you know, such a, a long career in tennis. Um, I was saying to Sue just before I, I came on air here that, uh, you know, I never really remember a time that he wasn't, you know, starring on the tennis court. So a uh, sad day, really, when he announced his retirement. Oh, yeah, I think he's legendary and iconic and all those euphemisms we could we could discuss Federer. His his grace and his style, I think you'd have to talk about that when you mention what a professional sports person he was. He seemed to appeal to everybody. He, he was known a little bit as the face of Switzerland, you know, the most uh, celebrated athlete to come out of 
Switzerland and a lot of his, I suppose I was reading a couple of the articles over the weekend in the media about other, you know, an interview particularly with Andrew, Andy Murray, the, the British tennis player, talking about the respect that he garnered from all his colleagues, especially in the, the men's singles game is cutthroat enough, you know, at that level. So they all seem to, a lot of them speak very, very positively about him over the years in terms of his how he conducted himself so professionally I think he has an amazing history of having won 20 grand slams I mean that's just incredible in in championship tennis um, nipping, a, nipping ahead of him is Djokovic with 21 Grand Slams and 22 Nadal but Federer was at his top at the top of his game really through the noughties and through the, the the tens as well, we really he sort of started to to slow down a little bit, if you're allowed to say that, towards 2017, 2018. The last Grand Slam that he won was the Australian Open in 2018, where he played an epic five-setter against Marin Cilic, which any tennis fans will remember fondly. And then he played in the final of uh, the Australian Open, oh no, Wimbledon, sorry, in 2019, and he lost in a five-setter to Djokovic there too. Um, and so, so his his reputation, both on and off the court, I think is is amazing. Everybody has a soft spot, I certainly do, for Roger Federer and would have had fond memories when I was growing up of watching him uh, play all of the slams, really, particularly Wimbledon. I mean, he's won eight Wimbledon titles, so his grass court history is really, really good. And he has got five US Opens um, five in a row, which again for any athlete uh, to win the US Open five times in a row is amazing. He won from I think 2004 to 2008, won five US consecutive Opens, one French Open in 2009, and six Australian Opens. I'm reliably informed from my husband that he has an 82% win rate as well. Oh wow! Which is just yeah, just amazing in terms of of, of playing and winning Grand Slams. He's played in 31 Grand Slam finals, lost 11, but won 20. So that's just an amazing feat of of competition in men's singles tennis. When many of those matches can go into, you know, four, four hour, four and a half hour, up to five hour marathons as well. Any of those five setters, the finals that are often so, so, so close and so yeah. competitive. And and Shirley, what was it about um what was it about Roger Federer that you know he was just so loved by his fans? Was it the beauty by which he played the game, or was it just that the way that he conducted himself on the court? Because he never really seemed to, you know, court the media in in ways that uh, you know some of the other tennis stars might do. Uh, he just kind of you know he never really made it about him, did he? No, I think he, what he brought, you asked about on and off court. I think you'd have to respect both parts of his game. You can't have one without the other. But his his style on the course, I'm talking about his tennis playing style, really. He he had a slightly unorthodox style in terms of the way that he played. He sort of threw his body into every shot, which made it quite quite interesting to watch him. Um, he His single-handed backhand was so graceful and elegant and when it was on point it was just unbeatable this um the 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 arm if you sort of analyze the stroke definitely his arm on his arm finishes high high up in the air kind of more high than a lot of the other players he had a sort of a flicking action where his arm came up and i wonder with that unorthodox style did that sort of 
lead to his his many injuries that he's had in the last in the last few years. He was exciting to watch, and he was he was really creative in the style of play that he had. He was also known as an all court player. There wasn't you know he wasn't afraid of the net. He wasn't afraid to come in in singles, which some of some of the strong male players would always favour favour the the back of the court. Um, and I think he covered it, as you said, w- with grace and with the, the elegance that he played. And his persona seemed to be, as you said, alluded to, quite humble as well. He wasn't, he made it about the game. He was always humble to his opponent. I, I read, again, when I was reading over the weekend, um, some, some of the bits about his retirement, they described him as having a balance of fire and ice, where he had this burning desire to win. But he also had a really cool, the ice part, yeah. where he was really able to keep a cool head the, the whole time. So a perfect balance between fire and ice for him, um, which is something to be said at the age of 41, retiring um, after 1,500 matches um, yeah. played at a high level over 24 years. Started uh, did, did doing a bit of reading as well. He began at the age of eight in Gstaad in Switzerland. And he just has yeah, had a phenomenal, phenomenal career and was due to play in this Labour Cup in London which is on the end of this week. It seems to be a bit like the the Ryder Cup of tennis where they have a European team against the rest of the world team and he has said in his retirement um, press conference that he wants to play in the Labour Cup and he's down on the European team to play in that but I understand because of his injuries he's going to wait and make a last minute decision later on this week as to whether he'd be he, he'll be able to play in London this weekend and that would be a hot ticket to have to see. It would, wouldn't it? Play. Yeah, so <laughs> fingers crossed now that, that we will weekend. get to see him um, yeah. play in that final game before he hangs up the tennis racket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Shirley, before I let you go, I do want to ask you about what's going on down in the club. I know you recently um, had your seniors open week. Uh, how did that yeah. go? Yeah, that came to an end um, Saturday a week ago. We had a great week there where 347 players from all around the country came to Kilkenny Tennis Club and the finals were on Saturday a week ago. And we had great Kilkenny representation at, at all levels. And just a couple of the final the final results from that for local players in, in, in a few of the different results were in the grade six women's singles, Catherine Parsons, local girl, beat Marie Phelan, 7-5-6 love. In the grade six men's singles, Robbie Grace, another local man, beat Darren Kelly, who lives on the Kells Road, in three sets. In the grade five mixed doubles, John and Veronica Phelan, a lot of people know John Phelan from Clara, beat Billy Rafter, Melissa Quirk. And then at the top in the Premier, the most competitive level, um, George Shepherd, who's from Bennett's Bridge, he lost, unfortunately, in the men's singles Premier, to a guy, Samuel West, one to watch for the future, who came up from UCC. He was travelling up from Cork. And in the women's singles premier section, we had two Kilkenny players, Lucy Bell Hogan. She beat Nicola Freisilarova, 6-4, 6-love, in the ladies' finals too. So great, great Kilkenny representation, but many people travelling from around the country to play in our uh, Open Week, which finished last weekend. And we just finished with a junior club championships where there was 82 entries, the finals took place yesterday of under 12s, under 10s, under 14s, 16s and 18s competition. 22 events there and the finals were played yesterday. So plenty of tennis going on at the moment. Ah, brilliant. It's great to hear, yeah. It's, it seems to be, um, you know, the club really seems to be thriving at the moment, Shirley. So that's that's brilliant to hear. Yeah, uh, lots really. of talent coming through there for the future. But look, it's been exactly. lovely speaking to you, Shirley. Thanks so much for coming on the show and we'll we'll chat to you again very soon about all that's going on down in um, in the tennis club. So look, look after yourself and uh, we'll uh, we'll chat to you again very soon. 
Great, thanks. Mary. Thanks Bye-bye. a million. Thanks for that, Shirley. Uh, that was Shirley Trimble there. Um, she's the the uh, PRO there for the Kilkenny County and City Lawn Tennis Club. We're going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to Willie Quinlan about all things Carlo GAA. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, it was quarter final stage this weekend in the Carlos Senior Football Championship and someone who was keeping a close eye on everything that was going on was Aero Oak Club man and former Carlos footballer, Willie Quinlan. Willie, how are you doing? Not too bad, Sinead. Good to talk to you again. Um, two matches there at the weekend, two quarterfinals that you were keeping an eye on uh, and doing commentary on as well, uh, Willie. Uh, just to kind of talk first about uh, Mount Leinster Rangers and Bagnallstown Gales. That game, that was a great match, actually. Yeah, possibly the most exciting game of not only the weekend, but probably nearly the championship uh, on a scoreline. Mount Leinster Rangers 4-9, Bagnallstown Gales 2-11. So it started off 100 miles an hour from the throw-in uh, Mount Leinster Rangers broke the ball up three passes uh, into the square and ended up getting a penalty which was put away by Dermot Byrne the midfielder and they just ignited the place from there got got a further two goals in, in that half and went seven or eight points ahead but in fairness to Pagnus on Gales they got their own goal with uh, Danny Doyle getting on the, the score sheet and then got six or seven points in, in a row ended up uh, a level game at, at half time which looked like uh, Bagnestone Gales had the momentum because they were after doing really well in the last 10 minutes of the game but in fairness the Rangers pushed on again in the second half got a further goal uh, by Ted Joyce um, again well worked they're after scoring 10 goals in three games and they pushed out a, a, a four point win in the end winning by 4-9-2-11 and <clears throat> deservedly so played great football um, two good uh, very strong Edward Byrne and Chris Nolan in the full forward line that can win their own ball but also can score goals as well and you know they're going to be a handful for everyone we said that last weekend after them playing Rathbilly that if they can get the same goals against Bagnesong they'd have a great chance to win and that's exactly what they did Yeah and Willie I know you mentioned there uh, Chris Nolan and I was just tuning in there to, to the matches yesterday and I heard those names Chris Nolan uh, Fieker if it's Patrick those would be names that I'd recognise from from Hurling, from listening to the oh, Hurling over the last uh, couple of months here in KCLR. But it just goes to show, like that these lads, you know, they they um, they they're known maybe for Hurling and and for good reason. But you know, they're well able to show their their prowess there um, on the football field as well. Yeah, well, the experience I suppose to have from from the Hurling, the likes of Ted Joyce and uh, Chris Noll and uh, Dermot and Edward Byrne, but. They've also a couple of young guys coming along. Fieker's Patrick in the middle. He's only, I don't think he's even 20, but he's probably under 20 mark. He's certainly 19. Donna Murphy is only is only 18. Uh, Sean Joyce is only a young guy as well. James Bible came in as a sub. He's barely our minor, probably 19 as well. So these are all young guys that are fitting in really, really well with the system that they're playing. They ha- they hold a, a two, two-man full forward line. And when the ball goes in, they just cause all sorts of havoc. And Edward Bourne is such a big man. He's physical. Chris Nolan scored one three. Edward scoring a goal. Ted Joyce, even though he's named four, 14, he covers every blade of grass around the place. And 
he scored 1-1. John Nolan came on as a sub, I suppose. The disappointing thing, Gary Gary Kelly got injured for them. Uh, it looked like an arm injury. Not sure what, how extensive the damage is, but he had to go off uh, after after a collision. But John Nolan came in, which is Chris Nolan's younger brother, and he ended up getting three points. So to have them on the bench as well, they have the experience. Now, the, the lineup next weekend will be, I think, Mount Leinster's play Tin Island and Palatine play Ratbilly. But very, two very interesting games as well. Yeah, and I was just going to ask you about that, um, Willie, because I was looking down through, you know, the the finals over the last couple of years. Well, actually, I think it was maybe over the last 20 years. Um, and I haven't seen Mount Leinster Rangers uh, featured in a final. And now I know that we're not like we're into the semifinals now next weekend. So maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But do you think that Mount Leinster Rangers have a good chance now next weekend of maybe qualifying for a final? They, they certainly have a chance when you have players like Chris Nolan, Edward Byrne and Ted Joyce. They're just finding, they're finding scores that, that they haven't been getting before over the years. Probably the distra- distraction of hurling maybe in the, the last number of years wouldn't have helped them. That distraction is gone. They were beaten in the semi-final uh, by Bagnestown. And I suppose all all their energy is going into the, the, the football this time. And with the younger guys coming along, they certainly have a big chance. The one thing I was looking at the space that teams are leaving them in the foot forward line seem to be leaving them one-on-one with the likes of Chris Nolan and, and with Edward Byrne. I don't think Tenoylan will do that. Tenoylan play with 14 behind the ball, sometimes 15, and they will plug out all that space, all that area. And if they find it difficult to score the goals that they have been getting, there could be a problem because they normally score three or four goals, but not more than 10 points. So if they're held maybe to 10 points and no goals, you'd have to say Tin Ryland will be slightly favourites. But if, if Mount Leinster Rangers can hit the same form and get a couple of goals early on ahead of Tin Ryland, well, then Rangers will be very difficult to beat as well. Yeah, and I just want to move on then um, with you, Willie, to the other game, Era Og and Ratvili. That didn't quite live up to the billing, did it? No, definitely. A very, very flat game. Both, both teams, I suppose, uh, even out each other, if that makes sense. Airog only scoring eight points from from in the the whole game. Rathvilly scored one nine. Deservedly winners, but uh, definitely definitely a very flat game. Airog you know, kept giving the ball away. Rathvilly done the same. But just I suppose twenty minutes into the game, when Rathvilly looked under pressure, Brandon Kelly gets a goal, and uh, that really that really set the tone because that Airog had all the play in the first half, but. Um, Ratfilly ended up going in, I think, point or two points up at half time, not after playing. And in the fairness, in, in the second half, Ratfilly were the better team, team. Gary Dempsey coming on as a sub and kicking four points, one one from play and three frees. And that was the, really the storyline. But Ratfilly will improve and have have improved um, up to now. They started off with a win against, uh, I think, O'Loughlin in the first round. But were beaten by Pal and beaten by Mount Leinster Rangers. Maybe yesterday will be their they're stepping so on to pick it up again. They definitely will improve and will need to improve going into a semi-final against Pal, who have three wins under the belt. And Willie, something I want to ask you as well, because you did make an interesting point on the commentary yesterday. You were talking about, uh, you know, playing the ball long and if it's not working for you, you need to change it. Now, I know that it can sound sometimes like, you know, we praise teams when they go direct, but the point that you make is that if it's not working though, you need to change it up. And I think you felt that times yesterday with Rat Billy that they were going long, even when, you know, it just it just simply wasn't working for them. 
Yeah, they were looking. They were looking long a lot of the times. And in the box, Airog had had two or three, obviously around Brian Smith. He, he's the danger man. He's a big, strong, physical player. But uh, Shane Boogie, in fairness, broke the ball away from him. Benny Benny Cavanagh just swept up around him and picked the break. So it, it wasn't really working early on. They persisted with it, but the the goal came from um, probably six or seven passes out the field, and they worked the, the ball right into uh, Brandon Brandon Kelly, and he's just incredible in front of the goal. I've seen him over the years as a soccer soccer player underage. He's still only 18, uh, but very fit, very speedy, very wiry, wiry uh, very good left foot. And if he gets a chance in front of the goal, he, he'll uh, put it away. And he got his chance and took it just before halftime. And that put uh, Rafferty kind of in the driving seat, even though they haven't been playing their best football. And, you know, maybe, as I say, yesterday could be that stepping stone, maybe a kick that they needed to push on because... They will have to improve. I know. I know they will improve. I know they're better than what they're showing. They are county champions. They're league champions, and uh, I still fancy them. I still fancy them to get over Pal and possibly go ahead and win it. Willie, I just want to ask you as well, maybe somewhat of a personal question, because I know that you are a, an Aero Og man, but uh, very disappointed for Aero Og because I know that when they when they set up at the start of the year, kind of set up their stall, and we were chatting to them at the launch of the the, the championship, you know, they said anything. Um, anything less than a semi-final would be disappointing for them. So, um, you know, that that was their goal to at least make a semi-final and they haven't done that. So, uh, yeah, just just very, very disappointing from Aero's point of view. Yeah, it is disappointing. And you could see you could see even their, their league basis, you know, they were struggling in games, struggling to find form. Um, really, I know we harp back to it. The amount of players that, that they have lost and that are either injured or gone away. Just looking at yesterday, there's probably, probably six maybe still. And the guys that, that have are gone away or injured are just big, strong, physical men. They just didn't replace them. The, the younger guys are going to probably take two or three years to bet in. Um, they had a slow start. They drew at Bagnestown in the first game. They were beaten by Tin Ryland. They beat Banlerbrana convincingly, but in fairness, Banlerbrana, you know, would be and no disrespect and possibly an intermediate team. They're a team that goes up and down from senior to intermediate. So that you couldn't really throw all your, your eggs in the basket saying that Aero were back at, from that win. But we were expecting a little bit more from them. Uh, they seemed very disorganized yesterday. They gave away the ball quite a lot. Uh, fitness, I suppose, could come into question. They didn't look uh, as fit as they have been in other years. And they just couldn't get the scores. Raffili were by far the better team. Their backs... Uh, especially Parag Deering and Connor Dyle, two wing-backs that just attacked, attacked, attacked every single chance they got. And uh, Aero couldn't really deal with them and kept handing the ball back to Raffili. And Raffili were deserved winners in the end. Yeah, and um, now just kind of moving on to uh, to kind of, I suppose, broader issues. But I just thought it would be something that would be of interest to you, uh, Willie, because I spotted it there yesterday uh, online. Uh, it seems that uh, Dublin are missing Sam Maguire already. Uh, they're throwing everything at it now for 2023. I'm sure you've spotted by now Jack McCaffrey and Paul yeah, Mannion going to be back um, back in the squad there for, for next year. So looking good for Dublin next year. Yeah, well, two huge players to come back. I mean, the pace of, of McCaffrey from the wing back. He's still only 29. Um, Mannion, much the same. I think he's 30. I mean, probably one of the best forwards of his time, Mannion. Brilliant to get a score. Um, McCaffrey, he just brings so much energy to, to Dublin. And as you say, they're definitely they're definitely one of the favourites, even though Kerry won it this year. Dublin weren't far away. 
and maybe them two could just bring them back into the limelight and uh, uh, bring uh, you know the cup back to them because they have enough players anyway. They're always going to have a huge amount of players with the the population that they would have anyway. But McCaffrey and Man United beyond beyond any county team, and I'd say Dublin are very happy to have them back. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting season in in uh, 2023. Um, but kind of keeping things just local uh, again, we have Palatine versus Ratfilly, Mount Leinster Rangers versus Tin Ryland to look forward to next weekend. Just before I let you go, Willie, uh, will you call those two for me? Who do you think is going to uh, get get the the win there in those two matches? Yeah, again, I I still think Rafaeli are the favourites to, to win the competition out there. League finalists, they won the league this year, they won the championship last year, they're not missing too many. The one problem they would have that I could see is Brendan Murphy ha- picked up an injury in the second game and he doesn't look as fit or as sharp. Now, still very effective, but doesn't look as fit or as sharp as I'd say he'd like to be. If Brendan can get back that game, will help him yesterday get back to some level of fitness. Uh, I think Palantine will, even though Palantine beat him in the the early rounds, I think Palantine could struggle with Brendan Murphy and Brian and Brian Smith in the full forward line. Obviously, a couple of more to have. Uh, Connor Dyle is, is very effective from a wing back and power gearing. So I just think Raffili, uh by two or three points, I think they're, they're still favourites. And I think if, if Brendan Murphy is fit, uh, I think the Raffili will just about get over that one. Very good. Um, well, look, we have those two tasty deciders to look forward to now next weekend. But Willie, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for your time, as always. And uh, I'll be talking to you again very soon. Lovely. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. Thanks for that, Willie. That was uh, Willie Quinlan there, former Carlo footballer. We're going to take a quick ad break now. And coming up after the break, we're going to be talking all things boxing. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, LaHartsSkoda.ie. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, LaHartsSkoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time. Now, six Kilkenny representatives flew out on Thursday to take part in the Barham Box Cup in England. And joining me now to let us know how they got on is boxing coach from the Marble City Boxing Club, Gary Kyo. Gary, how are you keeping? Sinead, how are things? Good, not too bad. Good to talk to you uh, again. Um, so yeah, he's, a few of flew over there uh, on on Thursday. A uh, few of the few of the, the lads and girls making their debut as well. I think Ava Mullins and Philip Carty. Um, so that was their first international tournament. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So both Ava and Philip uh, flew over for the first time representing the club. Um, so look, that's that's a major um, achievement in itself. Um, and a huge occasion um, and both boxers actually managed to, to reach the finals of the Box Cup and take silver they were unfortunately oh, wow. in the finals yesterday but both came back with silver medals on their first out and so look a fantastic accomplishment from both um, and huge experience gained you know look I suppose this early in the season Sinead we're only training now three weeks um, so we knew going over it was going to be tough um, you're, you're training you're competing against clubs that haven't stopped 12 months a year over in England um, and that's that's what we want to do. We want to test our boxers and test ourselves against the very best. Um, so we went over and we had six boxers and we've come back with one gold medal and four silver um, from six boxers. Unfortunately, we had one, one young man, he was beaten in the, the quarterfinals on the dreaded 3-2 split decision to the eventual gold medalist. So look, that, that was the only consolation to take from that, that 
he was that close to the to the GB champion who was unbeaten, and he Scott came out on the wrong side of a three two, but his man went on to win gold. So look, he can take he can take lots of positives from the performance. And I know we've spoken about those dreaded, uh, as you as you call them, Gary, those dreaded split decisions before. But do the boxers take some comfort in knowing? Well, look, one of the judges would have given it to me. Yeah, look, I suppose in at the very when it happens in the moment, Sinead, you know they don't look at it like that. They're looking at it, you know, they were beaten, so they don't really go that. They don't delve that much into it. Of course, it. yeah. I suppose, look. You know, after after a couple of minutes, and you know, when you have time to kind of reflect on everything um, and go back over it again, you know, it's hard it's hard to be disappointed. Um, we went over there boxing in England. You know, there was only two Irish boxing clubs over there, um, so everything every everyone over there was was English and just two Irish clubs. So it was always going to be difficult, and um, it was always going to be difficult. But what we asked from our boxers was just performance, just deliver performance. Um, and they all did that. They all delivered massive performances. Um, for what training we've done in the season so far, you know, we couldn't have asked for much more from them. Um, they were absolutely exceptional the whole weekend. Um, and to have all, you know, to have five boxers there on finals day, look, that was a tremendous achievement in itself. Um, and we, we, you know, we can push on with the season now, and we know the boxers are in good stead. Gary, can I ask you as well, like for for you, like what is the the value of having these youngsters taking part in international competitions like that? Is it like just the the thing of getting them out of their comfort zones? Is it seeing the standard in other countries? Like for you, what is the true value of taking part in these international tournaments? Yeah, look, these international box clubs look they have they have um, huge benefits to the boxers, Sinead. Um, the experience that they gain from it, um, you know, it, it's unrivaled. Um, just to get completely, as you said, out of their comfort zone, travel across England, you know, it's it's completely unfamiliar surroundings. They've never experienced things like this before. Um, they're meeting boxers that they, they won't probably ever meet again um, unless they're on an, an international Irish team against maybe an English team. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, it, it's a huge occasion for them to go into a box with maybe 500, 600 people in the hall sitting down um, you're jumping into the ring to compete in the quarter-final, semi-final, final, um, and try and get there on the final day to come home with a medal. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen it from loads of boxers we've taken it across, um, right from the very inexperienced boxers. They come back with huge, huge confidence from just participating in the event, um, you know, taking great uh, satisfaction and performing over there against some of the very best. Yeah, no, it's um, it's great for them. And as I know, when I was growing up and, you know, when you do stuff like that, um, when you're younger and get out of your comfort zone, you'd always have the adults say, ah, it'll, it'll crown him. And I'm sure it did crown him going over there. Um, so listen, thanks so much for that, uh, Gary. L- lovely talking to you as always. Uh, we'll have to leave it there. But look, do join us again um, another time on Full Time. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. Perfect. Thanks very much. Thanks for, for that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that was uh, Gary Kyo there from the Marble City Boxing Club telling us all uh, the events happening down there in the club. We're going to leave it there. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Owen Carey is up next and I will chat to you again next week. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny. Lahartzskoda.ie.